Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Yay! Uh-huh. Hello, host. Hi, producer. Uh-huh. How are you doing? Doing well. You know, your whole week actually is about producing. You yes, do realize you start on Sunday morning. Yes. And you resume on Tuesday morning. We do give you Monday off, right? Uh, they're uploads. <laughs> uploads are always happening. So, Ashley, tell me, how is our new show going? Ooh, taking it on with Paula Price. Well, it's going well for me. Uh, I know it's going well for the for the saints who are in support of this, of course. And um, what I find very interesting, but not surprising, is the universal agreement that this needs to go national, like right now. Mm. I mean, it, it's it's a uh, a dream come true for a lot of people mm. to see you on television. Yeah. And we're starting in Tulsa, uh, but there are enough people talking, making plans. How can we get this out oh. to the world? And that is the universal thing, not just to everybody in the church, but the unchurched. Mm-hmm. There are, I would say that you answer so many questions um, from people who don't go to church because mm-hmm. they're not hearing these types of answers. Yeah, I and know that's true. We think that people just don't want to go to church because they don't want Jesus or they don't do whatever. But a lot of people are looking to actually have their problems solved <laughs> by Jesus, God's way. Yes, in so His we- house <laughs> with their leader, pastor, apostle, prophet, whatever you're under, who is speaking into them, not being afraid of the issues, not being afraid of taking on mm-hmm. whatever, and delivering them places where they can take their kids when they're having problems. I mean, we live in Tulsa. You know how many churches sat on, shut mm-hmm. down, anything that looked like a controversy. And we're talking, how about they went to schools, Ashley, they went to Bible studies, seminars, workshops, and all of that, and we're told this is it. I was told. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had, they took me in a back room mm-hmm. in my early days. Fortunately, it was early days, so I was, you know, I wasn't too scarred. <laughs> but they took me in the back room, and, you know, people don't want to hear messages like that. People want to come to church for feel-good messages, and they want to come to church and be encouraged. They want to know that they're living life right and, mm-hmm. and that God's okay with them. And I said, well, I don't know where they're going to get that from me because people are not living right, and they aren't doing God well. They aren't even doing themselves any good. I mean, a lot of people are endangering themselves by the freedoms and, and the liberties and the freebies that the church has given them. These people's lives are at risk. They're in danger. Their children are in trouble. They can't even stand and be strong with their own child. They can't talk to their kids and say, honey, this is that because you can't judge me. I, first of all, I'm like, my kid's not going to stand up and tell me I can't judge you. I don't think you think that particular combination of words in that order Mm-mm. came in my mind. With my mother. I'm being honest with you. I was like, excuse me. 
and, and, and I told my kids very young, and, and a lot of parents need to say, and I mean, if you really want to be a parent and you really want to do it, it's time for you to parent your child and stop letting your child parent you. Write that down. Quote by Dr. Paula Price. It is time for you to parent your child and stop letting your child parent you because your child is parenting you because their parenting style is parenting culture. So child parenting is culture parenting. So they're parenting everything they hear. Well, your mom, you realize that you, you have your, you take your, you, first of all, stop letting those doctors that you take your child to be in there alone with your kid. Right. You need to stop that because those doctors are also feeding your kid culture. And they're feeding your kid rebellion. And they're giving them words to say, oh, no, your mother doesn't have a right to say that. If I don't have a right, I'm going to need the doctor to get some adoption papers because you get ready to take on another kid. And so you all have got to stop letting culture parent you through your child's mimicry. My teacher said, I don't get, your teacher don't pay, your teacher don't say. I send you to school to get some book learning. I did not send you to school to go and have your teacher combat and war with me over your upbringing. I'm not doing that. I never did. My kids told me one time if I did something, one of my, I don't even remember which one. I have three daughters. I know you all think I only have one, but I have three daughters. And one of them said to me, well, you know, we could call so-and-so. I said, before you call the government, before you call Youth and Family Services, you need to go get your luggage because you need to pack because they're going to walk away from here with more than a complaint. Please do, because I don't love anybody more than I love my God, but I have a dignity as a woman, and I have a dignity as a parent, and not something that I pushed out of my body going to tell me how that dignity is going to go. You came out of my body. I laid upon this table for you, sis. And I want you to understand, I laid upon you with a hope in my heart, too. You're not the only one to have a hope in this relationship. We all have hope. Parents have hope. Children have hope. People have hopes. You have hopes for your marriage. But I'm telling you, if you want to know the word of the Lord to you today, parent your own kid. Stop letting television parent your kid. Stop letting social media parent your kid. Stop letting phones parent your kid. You parent your child. Because in the end, it is your investment that's going to hell. It is your investment that's going down the toilet. You're, if, if, to me, if, if the government want to have that much say, then they need to be giving me some, we will take over parenting of your child, discounts, coupons, and whatever other financial stuff. You, I need financial aid because the rule of the world is he who pays says, and the government doesn't pay for your kids. The fact that you all let your child be able to go get an abortion on lunch your kid, and then they will tell you that she can't tell you that she has an abortion, but she, but when she has a problem, there's a, a, a sickness, you are responsible for it. All of y'all need to take the government to court. That's what you need to do. And you need to take those laws to court and get your kid back. You stay, there, you, you stay up all night and you walk the floor with them with fevers. You, you nurse them through this. You help them get through teasing. You sit down and you love them in your arms. You take care of them, you play games with and then all of a sudden they go to the public school system and you don't have a say-so? I bless the online schools. Yes, I do. I bless them because the public school system is a war zone and it's a detriment to your child. You send your children to a place that you moved out of your neighborhood to protect them from. And it's time for us to do this. Parent your own child. Be a parent. 
and be a real parent and stop fearing your child's emotional, immature emotions. You're sitting there, well, he's not going to like you. Trust me, you could do everything you want for a kid. They're going to like you Monday, age Tuesday, want to leave you Wednesday, fall all over you crying Thursday, because their emotions are not reliable. They're not even true. They are deceived by their own emotions because they're growing. You understand their hands growing. You understand their feet growing. You understand their bodies growing, but you don't understand their emotions must grow. You have, we're in school systems right now where your, your, the school system is telling your child that they are homosexual and they never had sex. Well, it's because of what you feel. Just because a kid doesn't want to play with a doll or wants to cook over building a plane does not, does not define their sexuality. Hobbies don't define sexuality. Pastimes don't define sexuality. Playtime does not define sexuality. What defines sexuality is sex and reproduction. And you are letting them tell you, some of you are, well, he just said he wants to play with girls' clothes. Maybe he's a future designer. That could be. It doesn't even have to be a sexual preference. It could be just be his destiny waking up to design women's clothes in the future. But now we have put him on a track for a lifestyle that he doesn't even want because somebody needs to rack up their numbers to get the petitions to force their will into law. Your kid is a pawn. And you need to stop letting your children be pawns. You're letting a system of rebellious adults who are too old now to carry out their rebellion, so they're, they're legacy shopping in the public school system. And you're letting them make your child their legacy. She may like jeans. If the girl likes it, she may like, I don't want to dress up. How does that define sex? How does that define sexuality, and how does it define gender? Your, so they are feeding your kid, they're manipulating your kid, and you sit there and say, well, I don't know what I, got to, what I can do. I got to go to work. Then you need to find a better way because your kid is important. Because in order for them to do that, you need to agree that your child is a future successor of the gay and lesbian movement or agenda. And they're making your children successors without your without your permission. You don't even realize it. They're sitting down with these counselors. First of all, I'm, I'm upset with any nation whose who's who's population is caught up in their crotch. That's a sick nation. Everything is defined by their head and their behind or they're hitting somebody else in behind. That is a, I mean, think about it. That's a pitiful nation that all they're thinking about is that, that all, everything is plugged into your genitals. And they cannot tell me, I don't care who they are, you cannot tell me that, that, that homosexuality or the gay and lesbian, and right on down to queer. What is the queer? Can anybody ever ask who the queer folk are? We don't even know. Are these deformed people? I don't know. But you cannot tell me. And I, parents, listen to me and say this to your children. It is about sex. Because when you take sex off the table, we've got costumes, cross-dressing, we've got cosmetics, hallelujah, makeup, makeup on men, and manish, whatever. It's about that, and it's about culture, because culture is pushing it, and it is about custom. 
and not one of them, not one of them is any different from anybody else. With the reason we know homosexuals exist is because they tell us this is how we have sex, and this is what makes us different. They said, they said how we have sex is what makes us different. And they said how we have sex is our preference, and we prefer alternative sexual activity or crossed sexual activity. They tell us that. They told us that this is about sex, and now they're trying to back it up and tell us it's about a feeling in your heart. We can't read your heart, and we got to take your word for it that you are having sex with only men or only women. You can put some pictures out there, but we don't know. 24-7 window, you can have sex with your dog, your cat, your bird, and people do. But they defined them, their entire objective and agenda as how to have sex. Not even sexuality, how to have sex, how to have homosexual instead of homosex instead of heterosexual. Now, your kids are being brought into that as a legacy successor, your child, through classes, through books, through everything, and you don't care. And then you ask God, why didn't he step out and do something for your kid? Why didn't you keep your kid in him? Why didn't you? Why did you yourself not say, you know what? My kid is not learning. My, when they had sex education in my school, my kids sat in the hall. They sat in the hall. I gave them all kinds of fun stuff. But my kid, you're not going to teach my child how to corrupt their body. Because some dirty old man and some dirty old woman who, de- who decided they didn't want to do it or they, they exploring their college experience has defined how, no, no, you're not doing that. If my child decided one day to say, you know what, your ch- matter of fact, your child should not know what, the, what their sexual identity is or their sexual identity options are until they're old enough to execute them. So now they're forcing your little boy to wear girls' clothes and your little girl to wear boys' clothes and saying, well, it's, it's costuming that determines your sexual identity. Or it's cosmetics. It's whether or not you want to look like the drag queen. Your attire does not determine your sexual identity. It just determines your wardrobe choice of the day. And all you need to start clipping these links and, and breaking these ties that are trying to draw normalcy in as a, a, as a cloak for deviant sexual behavior. And it is deviant. It is deviant. I want to tell you, it is so serious, I need you to hear me. You don't have to take my word for it. They can argue all day long, but you can go to your CDC. You can go to your Journal of Public Health. You can go to JAMA. You can go to the World Health Organization. You can go to NIA. You can go to a whole lot of places, and it will tell you, even reluctantly, they will tell you reluctantly, and they will tell you resentfully. They will even try to blame it on heterosexuals that is a deviant behavior, and it creates a deviant society. And I'm going to tell you why it creates a deviant society. Now, that's just one of the things. We're going to talk about other stuff for your kids. But it's, it, it creates a deviant because if you <laughs> think about the mind, I want you to walk through <laughs> the mentality, and I want you to walk through the mental process. Think about the mind that stands in the mirror and sees a female instead of a man. And 
the vision of that second person, because it's a second person that comes over you. Now, I've dealt with this, so I know this. You know, there are things I don't know, but this part, I'm going to tell you I know. This second person comes up out of their being to let them know that they're there. And the second person doesn't just manifest or appear in that mirror. This is the second person. We're talking, I'm telling you this is real. So the second person comes up at whatever state or they are. I don't care. You know, they got the first kiss and hated it. Maybe the person was a bad kisser, but now with the session was a definition. And so whatever it was that awakened or spiked them, that second person shows up. But the second person doesn't show up powerless. It's not a passive hosting of the second person. The second person also shows, shows up with a host of emotions and a host of, 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 uh, of uh, feelings and sentiments and, and anger and, and, and dissatisfaction and all of those kinds. That second person shows up and there's a rush of hetero-destroying sentiments. It's an anointing, this second person, and they anoint them for homosexuality. Now, I'll tell you this because I've been in this position, this thing a long time, and I remember when I was in my early days of ministry, I had to pray for a man and a, a man and his wife. And so, you know, I mean, you, I walk in and I can see the second person is in this man. I can see it. Because, you know, if you are astute, I'm talking to Christians, you know, I, I don't know about everybody else, they need to be saved before we even get to this. I mean, because that's the homosexuality. Your sex life is the least of your problem. So... I'm telling you, I'm talking to those who name the name of Jesus Christ. So I go in, and they're a Christian couple, and they just moved in this wonderful house. And when they did, um, I started praying. So the guy asked me to pray for him. Now, I, again, I see second person all over, and I know the second person is a homosexual spirit. Because sex, marriage, all of that are earth acts. Those are not eternal acts. Those are earth acts. And so there are things that can only be carried out on earth, in the flesh. So I'm looking at that, and, and I'm, 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 I'm looking at this guy. So I begin to pray for him. Now, you know, I'm, I'm still fairly young. Maybe I'm five years in, maybe eight. And I lay hands on him. And because my anointing is what it is, I lay hands on him, and the person wakes up. And I call him out. And he stepped out. The feet. No, it's a woman. So I know the second person was a woman, so that's also told me. And so I see these women's feet, and I'm praying, and these feet are coming out of his body. And he is howling. And I'm doing it. And so after a while, he realizes, that's why it's a matter of the will. He realizes that he's getting ready to lose that spirit, and he doesn't want to. So he didn't want to lose it, so he doesn't want to lose it. And so he inhaled, and he pulled it back in. And then he walked away. I'm in the church service because you know me and deliverance. We're in me and deliverance. And, and, and by the way, she was a teenage girl because her the way she, the, her physiology indicated that she was a teenage girl. So I'm again, I'm in church and I'm having this whole warfare. And so, you know, they like to mess with you, so they kind of come in in pairs or something. So they came in and. You know, I am a very calm woman today. I want you to know the Paula Price that you see today, those of you who go back with me 20 years, 30 years, y'all know I was a wild boy, wild thing. So I'm calm today. But back then I wasn't. So we come in and I'm working with, the, I'm ministering, and all of a sudden God said, I want to show you something. And so 
I said, okay. So we get in the prayer line, and, of course, they come up for prayer. We, we pretend. They always pretend. And so we come up in the prayer line, and there's this young guy who is obviously gay. And, you know, he's, he's one of those, um, um, what do you call it, worship ministers. So he already is in a priestly mode. His, his homosexuality is moving in that priestly vein because he plays keyboard in his church. I didn't care. And so he wanted to start singing stuff. I'm thinking, you're not singing your guy's stuff up in here, but not with Paula Potts. They gave me this. I got the mic. I got the. So your God is not getting a voice off here, not an amen or a hallelujah. So it comes up in prayer line, and I lay hands on him. When I lay hands on him, this thing backs out of his body. And second person. So you have to find out when the second person is visiting your kid. So, because if not, your school is, is authorizing the second person to enter your child. So, he backs out. And when he backs out, the guy goes out. He's on the floor. I mean, he's slain in the street. He must be down maybe, I'm sure, at least a good five or so minutes, maybe even longer. I think it was longer because I went back to preaching. He gets up off the floor. That thing stands by him while he's slain in the street. He gets up off the floor. It moves back in him. He wiggles his hips. And he switches out the door. So when people ask me, why do I say what I say? Because I live this. I've been in ministry a long time. And I'm not in one church, sitting, sitting in my one little church with my little pastor's office and my little semi-clean congregation. And so I look at this and I think, oh. And so I said, but God, he said, that's what I want to show you. He said, I don't care how much people cry for deliverance until they really want to be free. That authorization of that captivity is theirs to will, and to do their own good pleasure. And then we come back, see, I don't get, you know, in order for something to work well to be established, you got to have more than one experience and one, one observation. So we come on down to our church here. And we have a young man coming to our church who comes through college, come off gay up and whatnot, you know, say, if you want, now you stay with me, I'm going to get you free, and, and, and I'm going to keep you free. Because the, Jesus is a man. And he has no identity crises in any area of his life. Now, I know that these sexual deviants and these sexual obsessants want to tell us that, they, um, that he has this and that. He did not. He can't. He's God. And, it's, you know, just like there are people who are like, I'm not going to get dirty for you. Jesus is like, I'm not going to defile my holiness for y'all. I'm holy. You coming upstairs. Now, if you don't want to come upstairs, you can stay down there with the pigs and the dogs and the mess. We get this young man, and he comes in. We begin to preach. No, nothing. To, I just, I just give the word. I just lay it out. This is God. We watch this man move from that. Is this true? To masculinity, to a muscle builder, to a marriage. But he didn't understand that 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 deliverance requires lifetime medicine, just like new organs. They require lifetime medication. You get a new organ, you have got to have that anti what? anti-rejection medication all your days. See, some of you all, Jesus said deliverance requires an anti-rejection medication. So you have to stay with, with what delivered you. You have to stay where you got free, and you have to continue to transform all of your physiological, psychological, mental, and pneumological, or pneumatological resources to that deliverance. Because the law of sin and death says, rightfully, you should have been bound. But graciously, God set you free. So we do that. He has a wonderful marriage, whatever. 
And, and, and when, he, when he stopped coming to church, I said, well, this is, this is over. Because devils, devils don't play fair. They play to win. You are playing to explore. You're, you're putting dress up and mommy and daddy's wardrobe and makeup and cosmetics. But they're playing to win. So we go to a, a, a restaurant I've never gone to before, and I probably will never go again. But we go to a restaurant, and he walks in to visit his girlfriend. And so I'm his, I'm his former pastor. She doesn't know what to do with me. And he, so finally he feels compelled to come over. Well, how are you doing? And, of course, all of the masculinity is gone. So obviously he's playing the she role. And so um, he comes over and he tells me, hi, Dr. Price, and how, how's your marriage? This is it. Now listen. I said, well, I said, well how's, how's the wife? Oh, no, we're, we're not together. We're divorced. She was too needy. You mean more needy than your little gay sex partner? She wasn't needy at all. You forgot the law of anti-rejection. And the anti-rejection says if you go back to what God delivered you from, that spirit never gives up. It says that. Jesus said when a devil, a spirit is cast out of a man, they go look for dry places. And they cast out into dry places. And so what did he say? I'm going to check this out because that might have been a temporary fix. Let me see if I can get back in. Maybe they haven't leased the place yet. So I'm going to go back to my house from where I was cast out. Maybe they didn't mean it. Maybe their will is weakening. Maybe they're tired. I'm going to go and check it out. It could be still open. Go there. See a great big old neon vacancy sign. Oh, boy, this is great. I don't have to fight and find another host. I can just step in this one. Again, after all, we're familiar with each other. I know how to bind them. I know how to rule. I got this. Got this. But Jesus said something else. He said he takes seven more like himself. Now, we read that, oh, that's just Bible. No, no, no. Devils have complexes, and they come in community. Legion was a community in a person. And so he goes and he takes seven, and what does he say? Now, this is the Lord Jesus who can deliver anybody who can stop. He did not say, and we looked at it, and we said, uh-oh, go, save him, oh, block the way, oh, don't let it happen. He said, no. Why? Why was it vacant? Because the person wanted to be free. They did not want to be Christ. And see, there is no power greater than Satan and Jesus Christ. That is the only way to be free. So he goes, and he says, and then he sends out invitations. And he starts getting borders in the house that he just took back. And he sends invitations to some borders. And the borders come in one by one, bring that. And you want to see the example. Ashley and I had this conversation because, you know, Dr. Price, we always coming up with ways for y'all to get it. But this is like the Booker commercial. You know, the Delson commercial? Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, we got one guy knocking on the door, and the whole family is behind with the luggage and the furniture and whatever. That is an example of what Jesus is talking about. So you open the door, and you let that one person come in and bring the coal, and then they bring the pneumonia with them. And so in deliverance, whether it's sex or drugs, anger, rage, homosexual, it doesn't matter. It is legal for you to be born with those spirits in you and those and be born to their possession. That is legal because that comes under the law of sin and death is what Satan won in the garden. That's legal. Did you hear me say legal? It's legal. It's lawful. 
And what is for God to do anything about that, he can't, he's not going to go against your will because he's not going to fight Satan for nothing. You just may not like, this was a bad day to be gay. Not I'm ready to change my entire life. This is a bad day to be an alcoholic. This is a bad day to be a sex addict. This is a bad day to be a thief, a liar, whatever else you want, whatever soul toxin you've you know, chosen. And so Jesus says that he brings seven more like himself. Now, why did he bring seven more like himself? Don't you want to know? Do they want to know? I don't I think you like whether they want to know or not. <laughs> Because he's determined never to be cast out. So he's bringing in reinforcements, and he's bringing in his guard so that he never has to be evicted from his human body again. So he brings seven bodyguards, seven enforcers, and seven resistors, and they spread out throughout that soul and protect the strong man. And that strong man settles in, and you can play with those seven guards and never hit that strong man again. Mm-hmm. Never. So in your public school system, they're tapping your kids for strong men, for the originators, for the strongholds. And so your kid coming home talking their language because it all happens by permission and it all happens by words. And so the spirit needed words. The spirit needed the words that I'm agreeing and then the ratification of those words, Eve eating from the tree and then convincing Adam with words that Satan is. This thing, these laws are not about the church. That is our problem, and they're not about Christianity. That is the problem. We keep thinking everything is about church and Christianity, but these are not about church. They are not about Christianity. These are 100% about the universal law of creation that has been handed from, to the darkness from the light. So when Jesus appears, he appears not because he's thinking, wow, boy, we really messed up with that law of sin and death. No, he didn't. That's not his thought. You think he has a problem with that. That's not why he appeared. He appeared to end the solo reign of Satan's dominion over humanity. His solo reign stopped. And as a result, Jesus steps up and says, all authority has been given unto me. And so we read the Gospels. Jesus is laying down the seed in the planet that will mushroom into the righteousness of God, into the wholesomeness of God, into the salvation of those who were in him before the foundation of the world, and into the redemption and sanctification of those who receive him by faith. That's what this is about. You all got it all mixed up, which is why people are laughing at your God, because y'all don't, you, I mean, you, you all are giving them wrong answers. And so he lays it down, and then he sends the Holy Ghost to be the enforcer of enforcers. Holy Ghost is saying he's in you, and he's saying this one wants to be free for real. This one, no. This one is just tired. He'll give you a respite from your sin, 
Those those turn now he will. God God's a good God. He's such a sugar. He'll give you a respite from your sin, even though he knows you're not ready to be free. So you'll have you'll go to church and have a, a thing and for six weeks or so feel great. Or you'll have some sort of spiritual encounter or some sort of psychological, psychiatric encounter, and you'll feel great, think you heal. And then all of a sudden, your appetite for it, I don't have a cloth. I don't know why, but I don't have a cloth. But your appetite will resume because deliverance requires, deliverance requires an appetite altered. So we've got anti-rejection, and now we've got to do with the appetite. You cannot have an appetite for sin and think God's going to deliver you 100%. So for a moment, he may release the enemy, you know, he may whatever, but in the end, in the end, God is going to say, be it unto you according to your will. Here's the problem. Your child's will is not developed. So your child can't even recognize that they're being manipulated or they're being primed for an antichrist life. They don't recognize that. All they know is their feelings. And I mean, adults are blind to their feelings. How much more a child? How much more a child? Okay, out of nowhere, I got a cloth. Yes. And so, uh, so your appetite. So because the whole idea starts with appetite. You remember, you have a, I got a taste for ice cream. I have a craving, and then what do I do? I, I, that craving turns into a desire. That desire turns into a pursuit. That pursuit leads to acquisition. That is how it works. That's how our God works. That's how he created us to work according to his image and likeness. So your child has no intellectual or intelligence guards to filter or resist or protect themselves. All they are is a bundle of free-flowing emotions. And it's those free-flowing emotions that make them susceptible. So if you're not giving your child intelligent answers, intellectual answers, if you're not doing that, then your child is a prey, P-R-E-Y. And so you yourself, have got to begin to fight for your child and not just yelling at them, no, get them out. That's, that doesn't help because you are reinforcing their need to have an identity that will release them from your oppression. Many times parental oppression plays right into their hands. They handpick kids with very strict parents, very religious parents, very naively and zealously religious parents because they know that there will be no resistance at home. But if you parent your child, I don't know if this makes sense or not, but if you parent your child and you talk to them, and you don't just talk to them about it, but the Bible said you talk to them about it intelligently and let them know that they're being made, they're being made pawns and that this is a ploy, and your child will come home and tell you. So anytime you're, somebody tells you this or that in this respect, let your child bring it home. Because most times they tell your children, don't tell your parents because they won't understand. So they literally use the, the childhood natural inclination for secrecy and mystery against your parenting. So you have to be the friend at home. You can't be the, the uh, disciplinarian at home. You've got to be the friend. And you've got to share your situation as to how you avoided it and what to look for. And you need to start arming your children 
putting up safeguards. Arm your child. It is your, that's your child. You paid the bill. You paid the price. You buy their clothes. You keep them in their room. You get up and take them to school every day or even where they have to be picked up. Your whole life is wrapped around something that somebody is squeezing the life out of without your permission with you unaware. You are allowing your beautiful baby, your beautiful girl, your beautiful boy, your grandchild, your niece or nephew, whatever, you are allowing a insidious, maniacal system, using, promoting trust or provoking trust because they have a title of authority or expert or specialist. And this person is literally boring a hole in your child's psyche for the entrance of that strong man so that they will be the ones who rebel, who fight, who get out there in those protests and, and look like idiots and, and whatnot. All of that started in a secret place because everything powerful in earth started in secret. Your child is conceived in secret, born in secret, I mean in the womb. And so you need to recognize that you need to start parenting your child. You parent your own child. I'm going to say it a thousand times. It is your child. It came from your body. It came from your sperm, Father. Your sperm. You decide what your sperm will be when you're long gone, when you're too old to make a difference. While your child is young, they know to get your child young, but you don't. You just say, oh, no, they just going to school. No, no, no. This is a real campaign because Satan is always looking to house those one-third angels that got exiled from heaven with him. And he's looking to house them in every kind of deviant, perverse way you can think of, music, entertainment, or anything that drops the will, because the will works by intellect. It works by intelligence when it's not working by impulse. So volition requires intelligence to safeguard and defend. And when it's in the absence of those, volition operates on impulse. Whatever makes the kid feel good at the moment, whatever makes your child feel good at the moment. I think this is very important to say. I mean, I, I, I'm, how were they receiving this? Teach us the possible. This is so real. Amen. Yes. Wow. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Playing that gavel. <laughs> yeah, I do. How's that? Teach us. Uh, thank you for the teaching. This is a Huge breakthrough in deliverance. We were talking about mm. the devil coming back to the demons with seven more, and mm-hmm. just that whole explanation there. Um, but, wow. Wow. Yes, uh-huh. yes, 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 I do. They wanted to know. All right. Um, this is one of those sit down real good and listen teaching. Yes. Yes. Because you understand, those seven more are guards. Those are guardians. And if one of them get cast out, because this is an exponential thing. How do you think legion became legion? Exponentially. So let's say that you go to a deliverance meeting, and um, you have a, you know, they pray for you. You have one of those, those ministers that really got a covenant with God. This is their calling. This is what God gives them to do. So let's say they cast out one or two. Guess what happens? The one or two, if they are not, if they got the other one still in there, guess what? They're going to hold their place. But these two get to pick seven more guards. 
each. That's how the legion happened. Because one left, and then after a while, they just start inviting reinforcement to prevent their eviction. In addition, they sold those invitations are sparked by appetite for things that they want in their world. Because now in your body, they have a world. They have a community. So they want their appetites satisfied. And on it goes. Now tell me, what do you think about that? I think that's a, that's a piece of information we should have known. Powerful. <laughs> so why am I telling you this? Because you... It all starts with you letting everybody parent your child. Stop letting your kid go to all of these sleepovers and you haven't investigated the family. You, you bought a bedroom for your kid, put them in them every night because that's the best way to know that they're safe. Stop letting them go out with this one and that one. You know, we, they'll take out, you have people to take your kids, your kids out to teach them witchcraft. You don't know what they're teaching. You need to know these people's lives, but you need to know Jesus Christ assessment of them, because he said, only my word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I need you to start being parents. Parent your own child. You have authority. While we yet have that, uh, that, that authority, parent your child. If your child is, you, you don't like the school system, then put your child in an online school. Put your child in a, in, in a safer school. Because I'm telling you, there is no legal way that the public school system should not be called into account for producing an environment that triggers these, these, these uh, shootings. The last one, the kid was in school. Nobody decided to do Are you kidding? When, if you're supposed to be babysitting, then you're supposed to be babysitting. They're supposed to be safeguarding your child and have no way to safeguard your children. None. You could kiss your kid goodbye in the morning and go to and identify them as a dead body at 3 o'clock. You, yourself, need to start caring about your kids. These are your children. Those people, they may love teaching, and they may love kids, but they don't love your kids like you do. And they set this up decades ago with all of the laxity, with the, with the MTV in class, with the VH1 in class, with movies in class, sitting, making them, everybody go to Harry Potter, witchcraft. Everybody know witchcraft is about ultimately killing. And you, you, so they literally took this thing from the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you want to bring him into question. You, I need the woman that wrote Harry Potter to tell us why kids are killing in school, because there is nothing but murder and mayhem in those books. Nothing but murder and mayhem and, and, and uh, abuse and, and battering of children in those books. Ask her why we got shootings. Ask all of these gamers and these game makers. Ask them why we have shootings. Why are you asking Christianity? We didn't make a murder game. We didn't make Grand Theft Auto. You need to be parents and you need to start rising up and saying, not my kid. You are not taking my kid. And not just because you don't want them to go to hell, but because you want them to live long enough to understand how to avoid it. You parents, this is a word of the Lord to you. Stop bothering me and do your job, says the Holy Ghost. Do your job. You know how to keep your children safe. You understand what it takes to keep your child safe. If a school is dangerous, then stop sending your kid to a war zone. The schools today are war zones. They're literal. I mean, are you kidding? They're literal 
murderous theaters. You don't know, and that's just what makes the news, because we only hear the big stuff. The rape, kids raping kids, boys being sodomized in the bathroom, all of that, and you send your kids to do that every year, and you pay taxes. You pay the government to do this, to permit this to on your children. You pay for it. You finance your child's jeopardy every day. My kids wouldn't be in there. I'm telling you, my kids would never be in a public school. I promise you by the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, my kids weren't, and it wasn't this bad. Until we were not able to do anything else, my kids wouldn't be there. College campuses that are whorehouses, literal whorehouses. California giving, what, the morning after abortion pills. Are you kidding me? And then you wonder why we have people, professionals who can't think. Come on, guys. But it started with your permission. Parents, what you permit is what is approved. And what you reject is what is prevented. And you need to be parents and parenting your own child. I know I said that a lot because that's what you need to do. God, what do we do? God's saying to you, parent your child. Do what's best for your kid. Do what's safe for your child. So I'm being honest with you. When they ask me about the school shootings, I'm like, well, I, all I know that this is one thing I know, my kid won't be in a place where they can get shot. You all won't go to bars where you know there's a lot of shootings, and you send your kids to school where you know they could get shot. You know that somebody could rise up at, at any point. You know that, where they can get beat up, bullied, punished. We don't even want to talk about the cybercrime. And you want your children to do that? They're not even getting an education. Do you realize that a terrified kid can't learn? A terrified kid can't do anything heart racing, pounding all day long, the bully break out in a class, fights break out. Are you kidding me? And they can do nothing about it and they haven't wanted to? And talk about, well, we don't have the money. But guess what? You may not have the money, but guess what? You won't help. You won't have my kid because I'm not putting my kid in jeopardy because of your misguided tradition and your misguided trends. Hallelujah. Well, ask any more comments before you come over? Oh, yeah. Yes, we need to bring Jesus back into the schools. Um, also, that will be a great webinar or Facebook Live special about children and parenting. I just did it. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so we were promoted as that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we would uh, if if you did it. Um, Apostle Sally, what did she say? She said, "Parent your own child." That should be a T-shirt. It should. Parent your own child, and on the back of the T-shirt, should because I'm parenting mine. How about that? Someone said that's right. I don't let my son go over to school. No, you don't know what people are doing in their house. And today, people are so perverse. You don't know what kind of classes and training your child is getting without your supervision. Oh my goodness! When we were kids. We went to my grandmother's house, my other grandmother's house. <laughs> we could play at my cousin's house and then go back to my sleep <laughs> at my grandmother's house. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, my mom did not. My mother never she didn't play with that. Ever. No, no. My and and now, of course, I see why. You know, with your kids, your parents are always overreacting. <laughs> what are you doing? And it's not that deep. And blah 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 blah. Um, but now. I can totally see, and, and things are so different today. Different and people, like, the ba- it's almost like the ba- bands have been broken. Yes. So it's time for you to come on over since you have all of that. I know you got some stuff to say. I, do. I am coming. 
and I assume that Prophet Adia will be stepping in shortly. Mm-hmm. But I want to say to you while she's working this out, write it in your journal. Today, I will parent my own child. Today, I'm going to investigate what their school is teaching. Today, I am going to get transcripts of what they're going to teach. Today, I'm going to explore those lesson plans. Today, I'm going to find out if my child is at risk. I'm going to, today, I'm going to find out how many untamed and how many um, uh, smoldering shooters there are in that school or in the neighborhood. Today, I'm going to find out about the predators around. Today, I'm going to see what my child is doing on the Internet. Today, I'm going to go into all their stuff because I bought it. I can invasion, this whole new thing, invasion, you don't have privacy. You don't have pay. You don't have privacy. Well, we used to grow up hearing that. I mean, we were, as kids, we lived our whole lives being told that the privileges we did not have. You didn't have because we didn't pay for anything. You were a kid. You don't even know what you're doing. And um, and so this this new world order, mm-hmm. I'm, it's. I told them my kids was like, what I bought that. When you get sick, I got to pay for that behind. I got to pay for you. I got to pay for your hair. I got to pay for your nails. I want what I paid for. I invested in you, and going in your stuff is my dividend. And I'm going through because by the time you figure this out, how many parents said, well, yes, he did come home and he did stay in his room for hours and we just let him alone. We didn't want to invade his privacy. No, you didn't want to invade his privacy. And sadly, because you didn't, his life and the lives of others are destroyed forever. No, you are, I'm, going to look, I'm going on that computer. Give me that thing. Yes, I am. I'm going on that computer. I did. I was in everything. Well, we I dug in closets. Actually, I went in pockets. You know why? Because you are my investment. You, if nothing else, if you're not my passion, you're not the apple of my eye. If that were not the case, you're still my investment. I'm paying for you to have a good life, not a dead one. Mm. Well, did we you want to come over? Coming over. <laughs> the seat is hot today. <laughs> and you haven't been in it. <laughs> By proximity. Yeah. And you haven't even been in your seat. <laughs> so privacy wasn't a word that we had. You know, we weren't even allowed to lock our doors Mm-mm. as kids. What do you need to lock your door for? What are you, what you doing what, in there? What are you doing in there? Right. Okay. Exactly. What, what is this? We why, only let you lock the why is your door closed? <laughs> During daylight hours. Daylight hours. He's outside of. No, how about you've been in that bathroom a long time? Oh, you what are you doing in that Do I need to come in? Coming in. Because That's... I need to know why you got to be in the bathroom an hour every day. I probably need to give you a pediatric visit. Because <laughs> something is wrong with you. You got to be in there oh, for yeah. an hour every day. Start being suspicious of your children's behavior. Now, I did not say abusive, but you need to start suspecting things that are out abnormal. You yeah. need to stop accepting anomalies and making them normal for this kid. You don't know what's motivating those anomalies. Yeah. So I'm going to know what you're doing. I'm going to know. You, you don't even know your child is binging until they're ready to go out to the EMT. You should have been knowing that every time they ate. What's wrong with you every time you eat, you go into the bathroom? Yeah. Are you kidding? And my, my, they don't. Mm-mm. And stop letting them stand up because the, the script that they're giving you is the script they're getting from the school counselors, from the psychiatrists, and, and from the teachers. Stop letting them use the school scripts to back you down as a parent. Mm-hmm. Now you could be sweet. You know, Dr. Price is a different personality, so y'all just be praying for me. Because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not messing with your kids, though. But no, no. 
No, no, and my kids didn't mess with me. They will, no. No, <laughs> kids no, no. Mess with you. No, they don't. Mm-mm. And that's the problem. They need to do other <laughs> That's the problem. You let your kids back you down as a top, you can't stop them when they're a teen. Woo. See, the problem is yeah. you're going to have to be a parent from the time your child leaves your womb until they leave your house. Mm-hmm. And even after then, you move from parenting to mentoring. Mm-hmm. And then from mentoring to matriarch or patriarch. But you have got to stop letting the school script your child rearing. They are right. They're controlling a whole narrative in your house, and you don't even realize it. Oh, yeah, I'm so serious. I'm telling you I'm serious because God said, I'm tired of y'all asking me why. When you haven't done your part, you haven't done that which is least. You want me to get in on the ground level? I don't have to do ground level stuff. I trust you. Raise your kids. Mm-hmm. And stop letting them tell. You can't tell. I can do anything I want. Now, if you've got a credit card in an apartment, have at it. But I'm doing everything. Well, I just don't think, because, you know, we had that in, in the 80s and the 90s. Well, I just don't think just because you take care of them that they owe you anything. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They owe the government, and he don't take care of them. Yeah. <laughs> they owe the bank. They owe a whole lot of things that don't take care of them and tell them what to do, and then we'll punish them if they don't comply. Guys, wake up and see what's been played. You have been played as parents. Mm-hmm. You've been played. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Sure. I ain't, but I'm going to go. Okay. <laughs> I got She'll be back. She'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many things. Uh, you came out the gate strong. Child parenting is culture parenting, mm-hmm. as in Parrot. Parrot. You can't hit me. Parrot. <laughs> yeah, because back in the day, your parent was like, go ahead and tell me what your friend said. Yeah. Go ahead and tell me what you do heard that. in school. You do that and see what You're going to be grounded so long, baby, that we won't be using concrete. <laughs> I tell you what, the back then, jails were not being overrun. I mean, there are so many consequences to this line of thinking mm-hmm. that's spill over into society that are affecting these young people's lives. They're getting tore up. So, you know, parents used to tear you up at home, so you acted right in public. Uh-huh. Now, nobody is disciplining you, or very few are disciplining compared to what was. So the the law enforcement is doing it for you. Uh-huh. Oh, everybody's beating your child behind but you. How many people are coming up against law enforcement officers and what? They're shocked when there are consequences, mm-hmm. sometimes deadly because they did not receive consequences in the house. Mm. To in that, And now you can see why Scripture says that when you don't discipline your children and when your children don't obey you. The elders of the city will do your job for you. See, you are told that you cannot hit your child, but they can put them in a facility where they can get beaten, they can Woo! get abused, they can get raped, they can get molested. The government wants you to think you're doing a good And I appreciate government because I'm a government girl. But um, they want you to think they're doing a better job at parenting your child and protecting your child than you are once they take them out of your control. You need to – when a, my kid get beat up, in, if, if you took my kid, they better not get a blemish. Because oh. if I couldn't beat their behind, you better make sure nobody else does it. Well, think about how many mental health facilities for young people mm. are in Tulsa. Mm. Do we know? Two major ones? Two major ones. Population of what? What's the average? Um, so what's about 120. Mm-hmm. And, and At any given point. From four, four years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four. four. 
and we need to have parenting institutes since so many babies are, are raising babies. Yes. So many people are, are got pregnant and just said, I don't want to parent a kid, but I don't want to give it up either. We need to have parenting institutes instead of just um, housing institutes for, for troubled children. I need to have some parenting institutes for troubled parents. Yeah. Parents who have never been parented. You know, I can't give out this word and not be aware that there are a lot of people that don't even know what it means. No. We need parenting. Hey, you guys, you want vision? I just gave you one. Let's establish a network of parenting institutes. Instead of just throwing these kids in there and taking them away from their families mm-hmm. or putting them in situations where they're in more danger in some cases, because some of these kids should have been taken from their home. Parents yeah. crazy, daddy's crazy, mama's crazy, boyfriend crazy, Very boyfriend number 16 crazy, okay, uncle, okay, we understand that. But you have to do, we have to start at start. And the first way to, to, to get rid of mayhem is to impose responsibility. Well, okay. And accountability. I'm back. Uh, I thought this was, <laughs> he's not back. He's not back. She's just checking in. Um, I thought this was very interesting when you said that hobbies don't define sexuality. What defines sexuality is sex and how we really do. In and reproduction. And reproduction. Don't want to miss Excuse that. me, I need to update my notes. Yes, sex and reproduction. And what we do is, like you said, okay, so little Timmy over here is interested in women's clothing. And so we slot him as being gay immediately. Immediately, because everything is sex. We're back in fraud crazy days. Everything yeah. is defined by sex. And uh, your attire does not determine your sexual identity. This is a cloak for deviant sexual activity. I think it's so crazy how the laws that they push for the cross-gender, cross-dressing, mm-hmm. cross-criss-cross, cross-eyed mm-hmm. thing we have happening here, um, as far as people going into bathrooms and other locations, you cannot determine if somebody is just playing a game to get in there to hurt people. So a guy wants to assault women, mm-hmm. and I'll just throw on a dress. I'll throw on whatever, go in the women's bathroom. I'm queen stuff out. I'll, I'll go over where these kids are. Mm-hmm. Some teenager wants to do, you know, whatever. There's no way to police that insanity. I mean, this is sheer insanity. When you said about the second person, mm-hmm. We can see the disorder in bulimics and anorexics who say Mm -hmm. they look in the mirror and they literally see somebody that is not there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They are 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. They don't exist. Right. They're they're a full-grown woman who's only 50 pounds. They look in the mirror and see somebody 250 pounds. Mm -hmm. And we know they need help. That's their second person. We know they need therapy. Mm -hmm. They have to be on a 24-hour watch. We know if we don't catch this thing, they will eventually kill themselves and do damage to whatever. We can see that there. The same language is applied in this agenda, the exact same language. I feel like this. I see that uh, from, from the time I was a kid, whatever, whatever, whatever. And this whole force has been mobilized mm-hmm. to institutionalize this. And to protect it, yeah. promote it, impose it. And then legislate it so they can compel its safety. And do you know why? Mm-hmm. Because of sex. I'm t- did you all know, look on the Wall Street? Sex trade industry yes. means sex trade industry. Mm-hmm. It means sex traffic industry. Yes. It means sexuality industry. This is an empire 
powerful people investing in this who want their payoff. They want their dividends. So don't think it's some sort of mysterious. This is not a mysterium that we have to figure out. This is a business. Coke is on Wall Street. Businesses are there to promote, to traffic. Come on, somebody. Let me hit this thing. Yes. To promote, to traffic, to merchandise, and to prosper. So if you're in that, that place, guess what? You have every legitimacy to prosper as best you can. So everybody is supposed to get a, in that industry, everybody that is invested in it is supposed yeah. to get a dividend on step. And I tell you what, that's so true yeah. because whenever you watch these human trafficking um, documentaries and those kind of things, those people are cold, the, they're mean. The homosexuals, did you see? Yes. They didn't care about their little kid being raped. They didn't Ooh. care because you know why? It happened to them. That's how they got turned out. So they didn't care about your kid being raped. They figured that's part of the process. Those are some cold people. Yes. They are cold. Their eyes and are completely they, dead. And, and, and they're, all, they're warm and fuzzy for social, but you start hitting that second person, they, their guard rises, and they become some of the most coldest, indifferent, callous folks I've ever seen. Yes. So you don't care about my kid. I mean, even the fact that you want to raise a kid to be in a lifestyle that has not been good to you. <laughs> And, and stigmatize them as they go into public life. Nope. Mm-mm. That second person that is a devil, devil and devils devil can't feel. Devils can only do hate because love has been taken from them. Oh, my God. Because when they left, they broke with the Almighty's kingdom of light, life, and love. Mm-hmm. They created a kingdom mm-hmm. of darkness, mm-hmm. death, and hatred. That is why when that thing takes you over, and I don't care what that addiction is, any addiction, you become very mean, you become very defensive because you can't do it in your own human strength. You need spiritual strength to carry out anything you want to do on this planet. We talk about the human spirit. Well, guess what the human spirit was hijacked in the garden? This is powerful, people. (laughs) Powerful. Powerful. Sow a seed. Sow me seeds. You all get all this stuff sold to me. So, DrPaulaAPrice.com, you want me to take this national? You want me to have webinars? I need you. You and I, we've been a team this long. We must do this together, and I need you. You want webinars? You want seminars? You want all of those kinds of things? Sow seeds, and not just a couple of dollars. We like the couple of dollars, but I can't do a webinar on a couple of dollars. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can't do a webinar on a $100 seed unless you're going to be one of those people. I'm going to sow $100, and I'm going to reach out to 10 of my friends, and I'm going to get them to sow $100 into this. See, you don't have to do it all yourself. Sometimes people need to tell you how to sow. Yeah. So you can do group seeds. You can do network seeds. But if you want this to go out, you think today was worth it. I paid my dues. I proved myself to you for five years. I've, I've probably longer, but anyway, but I proved myself to you. But I need you. you. I mean, it's nice to give me counsel, and it's nice to give me advice, but I do need seeds. Cause, so would you, you know, uh, it, 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 don't be offended, but then you understand, put your money where your mouth is, where your praise is, where your counsel is, where your advice is. I need you to do this. You want to save, change this? It can't change. One of the reasons that Satan guarantees that certain things doesn't work is he hits the money. Mm-hmm. If, you, if he blocks my funds, you can give me all the advice in the world. I can't act on it. 
You are the only way I'm going to act on it. So sow some seed. I want you to sow into taking it on with Paula Price. I want you to sow into future uh, uh, webinars and, and things like Do it. But I can't do it off of a few dollars sporadically here and there. So will you do that for me? Just go to drpaulaaprice.com and sow a seed. Go back. You know what? Oh, okay, I can't the prophet of for a minute. For a minute, because you, by the way, did you notice, uh, uh, we've changed the lineup. I told you before, I'm not going to hang on the phone waiting for somebody to get up the courage to call or whatever. So we changed it. We're not doing that lineup any longer. So the call portion's gone. And we are going to have two things, discussion and your questions. So you need to be writing your questions and typing in your questions or your feedback or concerns. And uh, we will now interact with you for the entire time. Uh, if they're on listening they, and they have a question, they can press 1. Yes. Tamara will take their question. She'll message it to me. Oh, <laughs> is that why you had your uh, Yes, well, these are actually people with the prayer request. Okay. Uh, but, yes, and so this is the number it, well, when we get there. So if you want to finish this feedback, then we'll do this first. Take your time. She takes her time. Yeah, see, see how I, I thought? Um, well, I, I want to pick up on what you just said about, about selling the seeds. You know, when we, because we're in such a, a social media kind of generation, um, I think that we become intoxicated with thinking that we're acting because we're absorbing. So as you're listening today, you're absorbing this information, yes, and you're amening and you're giving your comments, and, and you have to pull out of that kind of, that intoxication of social media where it's like you feel like you're active. You feel like you're getting involved because you're like, yes, amen, that word, that word. But that is actually, that inaction is the same issue that we're dealing with with the subject that we talked about today, the parenting, you know, mm -hmm. the getting involved in kids' lives. So as you're listening, you have to sow a seed. Why? Because we have to begin to break this. Mm -hmm. We have to begin to take action. And not just sowing a seed, but getting involved, writing it down. How can I move this off of the screen? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yes. That, that was the yes. thought that I had. Even as you were talking, I was thinking about why are we at this place? I mean, why do parents think that they're being parents, but they have no idea what's happening in their children's lives? Because literally we're in a culture mm -hmm. where we are intoxicated mm -hmm. by superficiality yeah. every single day. It's a fake life. And we're convincing ourselves that this pretend life is going to translate to real things. So it's like if I'm looking online, I'm watching videos about people being good parents, and I absorb that, and I start thinking that that's what I'm doing, yet I'm taking no action. So I think that's so important, and I wanted to give them the text to give it if I can, because, um, again, guys, this is how we, ha we have to begin to move off our screens and into real life with real issues. You said something that sparked this to me, and I thought about the, 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 the professionals. You talked about how we, we are leaving our children to the elders of the state. Mm -hmm. You know, if you watch shows like 48 Hours, you watch shows, you realize that these professionals who are dealing in, like, crises management, they're dealing with your kids. Mm -hmm. They're dealing with the product of your kids. And yes. they're dealing with the product of your parenting or your lack of parenting. They don't get to turn a blind eye. Why? Because they have to literally deal with the riffraff of society that comes from these homes where these parents were not tending to their children. You're releasing powerful things today. I guess I'm just saying that to say what you're releasing is very real. These are real issues that we're encountering. The, 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 even the... the the power of your phrase to parent, mm -hmm. because right now we have relationships with our children in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the sense that's that, so true. You know what I mean? Yes. We have relationships with our kids. We're friends with our kids. 
We're girls with our kids. We're bros with our kids. You know, we're all those things with our kids. But are we parents? You know, and so I think we have to go back. Your statement makes me think. We got to go back. We got to look up that word again. We have to figure out what it means. What does it mean? When we say parent our kids, what are we talking about? So these are these are real things. We've got a lot of toxic voices in our culture right mm-hmm. now oh, yeah. um, that that tell us how we should go about doing things. But you have to understand that nobody is going to care more about the welfare of your kids than you. Than you. Nobody. Nobody. These voices we're listening to. Mm-hmm. These, you know, right. nobody is going to be looking out for your kids more than you are. Mm-hmm. Nobody's fighting for them harder than you are. So it's you yeah. that have to step up in their life. You. Shut off all the media. Shut off all the noise, you know, mm-hmm. to get to actually get actively involved in their lives. But, I mean, these are the things but, I'm not thinking but, about. But, no, I want to go back to something. You said something very powerful, and that is <clears throat> you yourself have become um, anesthetized yeah. to your prefer- parental instincts. Your parental mm-hmm. instincts have been numbed, and, and some of you shut down by a fear of culture. Culture has redefined parenting to its end, to its interest, and you have forgot that you let them take the interest in your child's future and destiny from you. And so, and so I want to tell you, God woke me up this morning. He said, I want to kill parental cowardice because they have cowarded you with threats of jail and threats of this and threats of that. My attitude is, and I'm so serious about that, if we're going to take me to jail, I need you to take the whole public school system to jail. I need you to take the educational system to jail. I need you to take the entertainment system to jail because they have done more damage to your child than most of you all could have ever done in 10 lifetimes. Mm -hmm. I wanted to say that. So you need to give up parental cowardice and get your T-shirt that said, I will not be a cowardly parent. I will parent my child. Get your T-shirt. Get your cups and your mug. Get your flags. But you need to do this. And when we talk about finances, I told you the sex trade industry is a trading industry. So you haven't gotten this. They're a trading industry. And they're trading and trafficking. Because that's the nature of what you do when you're in business. Yeah. But that's a powerful industry. And if you don't decide to get behind people like me, then we're all just sitting around here just talking in the wind, watching our words fade into nothingness. Right. You, it is you, parent your child and get behind institutions that separate your child from this profiteering. Now, if adults want to be profited, profiteer, you want to be traded, you want to be tracking, you want to do that, hey, there's darkness and light in the planet. We're not going to mess with that. But I want to separate my child yeah. from the income opportunities yeah. of, of sex trade industry because your child is not an income opportunity nor a future dividend. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And if you're, lo- I mean, if you're a parent that's looking for, sorry, if you're a parent that's looking for, options that are going to pull your kid away from that lifestyle, away from that exposure, they're there. Mm-hmm. Those options are there. There are accredited online oh, programs, Christian programs. Liberty University has an incredible accredited Christian program from K through 12. So, And it's online, so anywhere from any state you can do it. So mm-hmm. if, if you're looking for ways to pull your kid out of this 
system, out of this rat race, out of this uck of culture, there are options available to you if you're looking for it. If you're looking for it, you can pull your kid out. You can, excellent. And, and you can. You can, let's say, okay, I got to work. That's fine. Cre- find an environment. Create a network yeah. Yeah. where the person who doesn't have to work mm-hmm. can supervise and facilitate your child's safe education. Yeah. Your child's safety. And you need to start holding the school system. Absolutely. And they have beautiful people there. I know some of them, my husband's yeah. a teacher. You know, beautiful people there who mean well, whose hearts are in it. But they are the foot soldiers. Right. They're the boots on the ground. They don't know. They have no power. Even if they hate it, they don't have power to change it. Because if they did, they would have changed it. They would have halted it before they got, got this big. So you need to recognize, when I say school system, I'm not talking about the wonderful K-12 through 12 teacher who just works so hard trying to make it right. I'm not talking about even the superintendent that wishes they could do better. But I am starting at the superintendent because they're the ones that begin to allow policy right, in the door and to transform policy into practice. So you want to talk to the people who have the authority to transform policy, you know, law into policy and policy into practice. See, this is an intelligent conversation. We're not, I'm not preaching at you all of that. I'm telling you that this is intelligent stuff and it's armaments if you want to use them. We've equipped you for a long time for work of a ministry, but now we need to arm you for the pushback of culture. I had a little day with Jesus yesterday. Did you know that? <laughs> you I had, a couple. Baby, I had a short well, I, I also could I comment on the quote that you said. I just wanted to bring it out again. Um, you said, today I'm going to find out if my child is at risk. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was really powerful. I think that that's where the work begins. So today I'm going to look into my child's life. Today I'm going to do what I need to do mm. to safeguard my child. And for every parent, of course, that looks different. For every community, that looks different. You have to find what works for mm-hmm. you are, you know what I mean, what your community is. But I think that that was Oh, I want it. You know, my thing is, if I had a if I had a conference right now for parenting, mm-hmm. my my conference would seriously be parent my child to the future, because right now your child's future is bound, and it's bound because it's defined by people who hate children. I don't care what you tell me; these people hate children, and they hate children because they hate. The, the fact that these, these children can be future adversaries to them. So they're working now to offset the future, and you need to work to offset it too. Your child is not a pawn. Your child is not a pawn. Your child's life, your child's education is not the platform for a ploy. You yourself have to decide that. Your child, I don't care, your child is your skin, your flesh, your blood, your body, your dreams, your child. That's your kid. And your kid is being raised to be your adversary. And you are allowing it because of the parental cowardice that has been pushed and imposed on child rearing for so many years. This is a cowardly spirit. And wherever there's cowardice, there's bullying. Bullying. And you're, so you are bullied into cowering under this agenda because adversaries of your child's future want to make sure that they're not pushed back when your child is grown. This is a major tactic. It's a huge strategy. But I like how you said it. You look into your child's life. Your child should not have a secret life. Your child not a spy, they don't need a secret life. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need a secret life. You 
you are in my house. You are a public citizen in my house. Everything we do, we have secrets because we have to protect you from what you don't know. If you're not a spy, you don't need a secret life. What do you need a secret life for? You don't need a secret phone call. Yeah, if your cop kid has two phones, you should know. If your child has a secret I'm going to know every password on everything. I'm, I'm going to pull the plug on the plane because it's cooperation. Well, with your kids, <laughs> you know? you gotta, of course, you got to get this was in the late 80s, early 90s. You got a phone for Christmas. And it had a really long phone. That's right. But that phone stayed in her bedroom upstairs. And so one night, these girls, you know, called the house to my brother. I'm on answer the phone. He said, listen, Okay. Why are you calling this number? First of all, you call this number at all? At 10, 11 o'clock at night. Oh, yeah. Such a different because the, you know, the computer was in the living room. Everybody, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I hear screaming, and they start punching on this little girl. And 
I mean, they're beating her up, and she's screaming. They're dragging her by a foot cell. And then when they were done, they pet her like they were friends. You don't know what you're going to live with in these so-called inner circles. Stop being obsessed with the world you grew up in. That world's gone. It's a dead world. It's a dead issue. And the only thing it gave us was a drop in a zoo. Stop being obsessed with living your life, your past, your childhood, your teen years in your child's life. This is your child's life. They're in a world that is horrible. They're in a world where they are intimidated, where everything is pushing in on them. Be a parent and stop being overage teenagers. They don't need you to be a teen. They got teen friends. They need you to be a parent. Stop being their rival. Stop. I mean, there are so many things that we can deal with on this. I'm trying to shut up, guys, but you know, I need you to not shut up. You know, <laughs> I, need, I need you to talk about this more. Um, you know, recently in, in the illegal campus, parents and young people and advisors, what I noticed are sparked is kind of a exasperation from parents and really just kind of hands off. So in, in, in exasperation, they lift up their hands and kind of their kids have a hands off now. Like when the parents aren't sure what to do. You know, mm-hmm. so you, we, we need you to speak into this because they literally, they they literally to work. you know, are, I, I, don't, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how to talk to them, I, I don't know how to deal with them, and I think maybe partly that comes from the, the parents' own lost state, you know, mm-hmm. their own compromise. That's so, why we need the parents' you know, institute. Which is why we need, you know, we need some parents' institute. Yeah. You know, because they don't know how to deal with your children, they're not deal. you know, so I know that that part of that comes from their own soul. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to deal with that in my child because when I close the door at night, I'm crying. You know what I mean? I don't know how to do You know what I mean? When I don't know how to do it. Because when I'm not in front of my kids, I'm falling apart. You know, so I think that there's that as well. So we, we need to keep talking. We have to speak into this because we've got to come. We literally, you know, she talked about, you know, her childhood and when we were growing up and we're around the same age. And we did have more of a um, restrictive mm-hmm. type of therapy. Okay. <laughs> but not really allowed mm-hmm. to. To do that, and I think that with the movement of liberty, mm-hmm. with our parents, what we, with our parenting, what we didn't realize is we were letting everything in. Well, you know what I would say, open window. Absolutely, Miss you everything. can't decide what comes in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, can't, you can't say I want the butterfly to come in, but not the wasp. <laughs> no, they both come in. And the crook. You know, we got we got this movement of liberality in our mm-hmm. parenting where we didn't want to be strict on our kids, we didn't want to push things on our kids, and I'm not gonna. I mean, we have literally Christian parents. Who I, who I literally witness, and they don't really make their kids come to church with them. They don't really make it. And I'm like, huh? Like, and they're like, what? They're literally making me go. I didn't care. I don't care if you have a homework. You better finish it. You can't <laughs> church. I, I didn't have those options, okay? I was up like, you know, on Wednesday night. Why? Because I had to be in the And that was important. And look at where you are today versus the other.
they don't. They really don't. And we grew up with a, a tremendous sense of accountability to our parents. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily, I mean, we joke a lot about the iron rod, but really, I mean, household was fun. There was a lot of laugh power. There was a lot of comfortability. There was safety. And acceptance. And acceptance. Yeah. Yes, there was a place where you could talk mm-hmm. things out and, and realizing parents talk to their children. Oh, yeah, we had a lot of conversation. Come on, baby, let's talk about that. We just. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, why do you say that? You know, kids, they talk, you know. And Sunday dinner. Sunday dinner was where we literally, we ate, because my husband was a little bit fussy about that for a while. And so we ate when we ate, but that's when you get an idea to inseminate your children around the table with game nights. You get a chance to subtly inseminate your children. You don't know what statement would hit what they're wrestling with at that moment if you don't talk to them. And sometimes kids will not talk to you directly. So you have to talk to them indirectly. And they're great at that. Kids are good at that because it's very difficult. Remember, their emotions are not just resisting you. Satan has called immature emotions rebellion. It is not. Immature emotions are not a seedbed, a hotbed for rebellion. They are, uh, they are literally a, 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 a garden for parents to seed what they want their children subconscious to assimilate for future actions and future options. That's what you're supposed to do. So we have assumed that just because their emotions are, are frustrated, like they're, they're, you're, the kid's emotion doesn't know whether I need to do anger here. Right. Or should I do tears? Because yeah. all they have, and you help them, and you use them to train their own. And so... But I've learned that lack of accountability terrorizes the kids because lack of accountability means indifference. If you don't impose an accountability to you as a parent, to your investment in your child's life as a parent, to your, your vision for their future and your ideas and ideals for their interests and their best, if you don't impose an accountability to it, then your child does not read that as liberty. They read that as lack of concern. And they read that as disinterest. So that they, no matter what you do, how many times you've seen these shows, my, my father doesn't care anything about what I do. Well, the father cares, but the father is nervous because the father is nervous about being a parent. Yeah, yeah. And so because of that parental anxiety, that nervousness is imposed by culture and imposed by trends, that father wants to say, son, I need you to call me at 9 o'clock. But if you do, your kid is going to come back with this script that says, you aren't supposed to tell me what to do. I have a life. I'm independent. I know. See, you all bought the script. of You think that's your child's script. And when you break your romance with that script because you love that kid, you allow that script. When you bear romance high and begin to realize that's not your kid talking. That is your kid's teacher talking. That is the university's talking. That is the, the, the uh, because, you know, they, now they do this all the time. You can't talk church. Everybody can recognize their office, and then you, and, and you can censor us talking, but you won't censor all of those other voices that are taking your child's mind over. Yeah. Accountability demonstrates affection, demonstrates love demonstrates concern. And accountability does something else. Accountability is like your alarm system. Accountability says I'm surveilling your life and we're working together to assure that the reason that you are in my care happens to your future. Well, I, I mean, this is beyond salvation. You know, salvation is the, is the cherry on the cake. That's a plus. But, and it's essential. But right now, we're interested in your children having a future. 
We're interested. God said, I, I, I want them to have a future and a hope. Mm-hmm. And so your children are hopeless. That's what she's talking about. Hopeless children, yeah. hopeless parents. So the parent is hopeless because the parent has gone to those parent-teacher meetings and been chastened by some superintendent or some arrogant teacher who tells you that's not how things are done any longer. Who decided that? Mm. Who decided that things should be done differently? And why did they make that decision? And what difference are we making? You know what that is? We've decided we are not doing things according to Christianity that's found in America. But you think it's about modernism. It's not about modernism. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about Christianity because only he has the power of life. You need to break ranks with your child's program script. And you don't have to do it nasty. You know, I'm saying this because you know, I would unload a lot of things. But I'm not saying hmm. you have to do it nasty. Oh, this is important. Whose thoughts are you voicing? Yeah. Who who is speaking through your mouth? Yeah. Because this rebellion has been con- con- literally contrived. This is a contrived rebellion. Not every kid in the world goes crazy at thirteen. But why do they go crazy in America? That's what you need right. to know. Right. And so, because this magic number of rebellion is also manipulated. And so your children are being manipulated into uh, rising up against you. They don't even know why. That's why they are so angry. They're, they're so confused. They're like, but I love my mom. Mm-hmm. I love my dad. Yeah. My dad doesn't do that to me. My aunt doesn't do that. Why do I have to treat them like this? Well, if you're going to be a person of the way we are today, because that's old-fashioned, and you don't want to be church, and you don't want to be Christian, you need to understand that the battle we fight, the ba- this thing began with breaking the stronghold of the church of Jesus Christ over this nation. And you need to understand that these strategies and these stratagems that are being used against us have trickled down from that mandate, from that obsession. It is not what you think. I promise you it is not. It is not some, some uh, m- magical, you know, emergence, ethereal development that came out of nowhere, came from the universe and decided to attack our country and our child. You have to do it. You give your child a backbone. Write that down. You. And not only do you give your child a backbone, you design the backbone God gave you for your child. You need it, my beloved. You need it. Your child. You give your, because see, right now, you're operating on the world's agenda backbone in your child. So that stubbornness you see mm-hmm. and that obstinacy and that defiance, that is contrived. That is inseminated in them. And if you don't believe me, take your child out of school for six weeks and watch your baby come back. Yes. Yes, people say that. They went to whatever school and they changed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not against schools at all. I'm saying you deserve to be the one in charge of your child's safety and your child's development and progress as well as pathway to adulthood. That is you. And if you are a parent that says, well, because most parents are the product of this agenda, mm-hmm. and that's why they're confused. So, the, yes. see, the parent is the product, but the children, the child is the casualty. Mm-hmm. So you're, you as a parent, you're a product of that thinking. You know, the wonder years and all of those kinds of things that, that, that humorously or entertainingly diminish the parent's role and, and inverted this thing so that the child is over the parent. 
you are the product of all of those thoughts and all of those ideas and ideologies and all of those wisdoms that, that were fun when you were a kid because they did not meet the theater of life, reality. You are the product of that. So that's why these parents are crying at night because, mm. see, all they know is the entertainment side of it. Wow. See, they just know the entertainment. They just know the humor. Yeah, it was humorous when so-and-so told off his parents or thus and what. The, the, right now, the push is the, the, the kid is going to tell the parents how to date, how to work the Internet. You right. know, your kid is going to tell you how to whore. Come on, somebody. <laughs> help me. Help us, Lord. I'm Lord. Lord, help us. <laughs> your child is going to tell you. Now, your child got that much sophistication. You need to be really looking into their life. Well. <laughs> so you're getting childhood training on how to get back out there. Your kid, your kid shouldn't have been out there. <laughs> yeah. How is it that your kid got more information on what's out there than you, and you don't know your child is wise in the ways of the world? So you, the part of why you're afraid is because you have been between, um, I want to say entertainment. Mm-hmm. And uh, education and all of the seven spheres, you have been literally crafted to allow your child's doom. Come on. Your consciousness has been seared and crafted to allow your child's doom. So you don't know what to do. So even though your mind is fixed, your heart is devastated. Your heart is breaking. Look at my baby. Look at my child. I cut up about my own sheep. I'm bad. Don't tell you. I'm terrible. Yeah. I'm terrible. I, I do. Mm-mm, no, that's my shit. No, mm-mm, these are my children. You're not doing this to my kids. And you know what? They rely on that so they understand my accountability. Yeah. They do. They answer to me because they know I have their best interest at heart and I have answers to what's trying to take them out. I'm here to help you. We do need conferences where we can start exchanging answers and meeting the, the, the warriors in this field. Because like you said, there are so many people who are trying to do so much. Yeah. But what if we pulled our resources and became a force instead of an effort? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because right now we're an effort. But what if we became a force to be reckoned with? And what if we say, not my kid? Not my kid. You are not taking my kid down the, the road to and the path to destruction. My kid's not going to do that. Not my kid. I'm not going to release my kids to you to do that. And I'm not going to release their consciousness for you to program it, for them to make me their enemy. Because there's a whole move called where your parents are your enemy. Yeah. And your tradition is what's standing in your way of your liberty. But what if we who agree? And I know there's a lot of you listening to me right now, and I know that when this is played again later uh, and played for where you want to play it in your youth group, in your church, or whatever, I know that you all are, are, are passing it on because you agree. And you agree. But we can, as she said, we cannot be deceived hearers only. We have to be active listeners that react with proactive measures and steps. We have to be active. We've got to take action. Mm. We've got to take, these are our kids. These are our babies. I look at my little toddlers running around here, and I want to hug them and squeeze them, and then, and then it hits me that some devil is going to decide that this pretty little thing, this sweet little baby, mm-hmm. is going to be a target pawn for some deviant, perverse agenda yes. of doom and gloom. These kids are gloomy because they're depressed. They're depressed because you haven't parented. Yes. When you take on and your kid begins to feel that thing, sometimes you just got to hug your kid. 
So I used to, I don't want you to, I don't care. <laughs> this one, this is my natural children and the spiritual children. This girl couldn't stand it. I, I didn't care. Did I care? No. I did not care. I'd come up on her and hug her and hug her and I said, and I'm going to hug you till one or two things happen. You surrender or you pass out. <laughs> surrender. And I would hug her because I knew that for her, the, the, she needed that touch. She needed that. You know, even now she fusses about it. I don't care. Girl, pushing 40. Do I care? I don't. This is my child. This one here. No, no. This one. This one. No, I'm going to tell you about me because I was you. I couldn't stand it. And you know why? Because it came with such a mixture of confusion. This one. In a minute. Come on over here. Yes, I do. Grab them. Yes, I do. Yeah, and you know what? And, and I told, come on here. You need a Why? I do. She, so she's still yeah, but see, on the airplane the other day, you were like, you're not going to lean on my shoulder, are you? <laughs> and I was I like, did. yeah. And then she got a seat on the other side. Granted, it was a window seat, but. but and, I'm, and I hope you're not offended. No, no. I, but I'm telling you, I'm saying to you, your kid probably just needs to feel your heartbeat again, yeah, to yeah. feel the warmth of your arms, to That's feel good. the anointing on your life to secure theirs. That's good. They want to look for it somewhere else. Because exactly. That's There's good. so much we can cover, but I want to take your questions now and your comments. Okay. Is that all right? Well, I know we have one on the line. Okay. Who do we have on the line? You want to do one on the line? Uh, Tamara, we're going to go to Andrea. I hope I'm saying her name right. In Texas, question. What is the best way to address Jesus? Uh, why are people saying we shouldn't say his name at all? Ha! Huh. Favorite question. Yeah. Um, most people, the reason is because according to scripture, the name of Jesus is the name above every name. Now, that's already interesting. So he has the highest name in creation with his father. That's the, that, so that means angels, devils, you name it. They all have you've heard the name of Jesus. And it's not just Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. It is Jesus, what's behind the J-E-S-U-S. We got a lot of Jesuses out there that are telling you they're Jesus. Okay? They're not. But just being honest. Says that. Okay? Because well, I've had one guy say it to me. I said, well, where's your, where, where's your cross, stuff? I need you to see the prints in your hand. And in your foot. Because if not, we're talking about Show me your credentials. Yeah, because <laughs> the credentials for Jesus are in the front of his hand and his foot and his side. Now, that's what I understand. So, so that's number one. And then Jesus said that God has not. It, it, it's so interesting when you think about it. He said, but God has given him every name. He doesn't just have the name that's above every name, but he tells us the reason it's above every name. Because in the name of Yeshua, as which this one says, or whatever the Chinese call it, or the Asians, in that name, the Holy Ghost knows what Jesus you're talking about. Because in that name is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means that God's authority and God's sovereignty. Now, Jesus is a problem. So, so he has every name. So whatever name you call he has every name. He's also the word. Every utterance that will ever be spoken is bound up in that name. Yeah. So already, I'm telling you right now, that's intimidating. And it's also intimidating to know that God gave the world and all of his handiwork into the hands of a single man that you can't defeat. You killed him, and he came back. Yeah. And then he came back having children. And so... The name of Jesus is what the Holy Spirit recognizes. Like people will say, well, I say Jesus. The Holy Spirit understands the spirit of the letters that we are forced to use 
to voice his name. The Holy Spirit knows that because he's, he's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So when people have a problem with Jesus, they have a problem with Jesus because he's a man that owns it all, made it all, owns it all, rules it all, and doesn't care about our issues beyond his purposes. For example, you know, James, Jesus' brother, James said, when you use the name of God, that's no big deal because the name of God was out from the, from the garden until the cross. But it's the name of Jesus that is the stumbling stone and the rock of offense. Now, so, the, so James says, because demons know the name of God, mm. and they tremble, but Jesus makes them tremble. He walks up, and the pigs are telling everybody what his name is. Right. The man didn't walk around with a pen, neon sign, and say, I am Jesus. He came, and they said, we know you, Jesus, who you are, thou son of the most high God. Demons know it. So the problem with Jesus' name is not just humans, the Adamic nature that, was, that has absorbed the devils, but it's also the fact that Jesus' name, he is the one man that did it 100% God's way, and he got the reward of all creation for it. So he says all authority has been done, it has been given to me. Last point, because you're going to like this last point. The last point is because Jesus became flesh, he became the last Adam. He proved that humanity can live right if it wants to. So he did it right. He did what God wanted. You understand? He did what God wanted, and he did it God's way. And so God just needed one man to do it 100% complete, and I'm going to hit this cloth on this one. He needed one man to do it 100% correct because it's that one man that created the template for the new creation Christian. Jesus is the template of the human that can get it right. Oh, wow. Look at my team. <laughs> See, I don't care. <laughs> Relax. He's like, I'm writing it down. I don't care what you say. I'm going to get this down. Uh-huh. Do we have any any uh, questions online? Um, don't have any on Facebook at this moment. Oh, Facebook is not. Yeah, you want to have any comments? But well, we want comments. Yeah. Let's just share some of those. Okay, let's see. Yes, we need parents' conferences. I can't begin to tell you how this entire message speaks to me. God bless you. That's for Keisha White. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, you can You can hug me all day long. Ah! That's, so that's so funny. So now that's real love. Yes. I'm a mama and mother in Zion. I'll take it through. We don't have any new ones. Okay, so then we could just go back to conversation. You sure you don't have a question or a comment? Because uh, I'm encouraging this. You all have said, I wish you'd take questions. I wish you'd take comments. You all have said all of that. And when we create that uh, way for you, I don't know, do you get stage fright? Maybe stage fright. Do you get that nervous? Come on. Hallelujah. But anyway, you didn't finish your list. She also has to give a text to give number. Oh, yes. yes. I, need to get, I need to give that text to give number. So 918-608-1378. 918-608-1378 is that text to give. We were talking about earlier taking action, um, not just uh, allowing yourself to believe that you're taking action just by listening, but to really be active like um, and to begin to sow a seed into this because the more we're able to get this out to more people, the more we can begin to change the conversation and ultimately begin to change how people live. So take a moment to sow into this, 918-608-1378. And I wanted to uh, comment uh, just what Dr. Price was saying earlier. The reality is, is that, um, you know, there are parents out there that are going against the grain, and, and that is that very existence. It blows the curve. 
for all the rest mm-hmm. of us because there are parents. I, mean, I deal with parents where their their children don't engage with TV. No, they no. don't engage with. No, radio. And we take your phone at night. They you don't have phones. You got to I turn mean, in the phone like you in prison. And the reality is, there are a lot of parents who haven't even given into the smartphone movement. Their kids do not have phones, and people look at them like they have three ears or something crazy stuff <laughs> because they're not allowing their kids. You know, and the, and, and people love the comment is, I mean, but I mean, how could your kid reach you? How did the kids in the eighties reach their parents? I mean, they they went home. They used the rotary phone. Uh-huh. Okay, they wait. They wait. She said rotary parents. phone. I'm they done with her. Their parents came home. How about that? Uh-huh. I mean, they, they did reach their parents 24 hours a day. You know, the reality is, we lived and we survived without some of these things. Um, your kids are not going to die. And when there's things, when there are parents that are like blowing that curb, curb, it kind of it makes it difficult to mm-hmm. justify why your kids need all of these it's cultural true. fixes. Mm-hmm. When there are parents that refuse to bow oh, to like things, the cultural and fix. they are standing against it, and they're saying, my kid is not going to be inundated with the mm-hmm. culture oh, yeah. of today. I'm going to raise my child to be a thinker. I'm going to make them get in those books. You know, there are kids, mm-hmm. there are parents that are enforcing that. And so I, I want that to hopefully be an encouragement and an empowerment to you guys. You don't have to throw your kids into all of these things. I love it. No, I you love it. You can take a stand and say, I'm just not going to be that kind of parent. And, and and the thing that is important is that when they said, I'm not going to be that kind of parent, again, you defined parenting for your offspring. Yeah. You know, your kids don't have to run with the in crowd. They don't have to be roaming around the mall, uh, petting and all of that kind of stuff, and you don't even know it. You know, they don't have to be, I mean, I don't even like to go to the mall. I hate the malls now because most of the malls, you got all of these kids having lust sessions and lewd sessions in the, in the lobby. And what? Be a parent. You know, you said we had a question, but I want to, I'm going to look this up because this is important. Pausing for research. Yeah, I like doing this. I love doing this. I had to get it right because I knew I had it. Because I want to talk about just when we say parent, it's a lot more than, Hmm. you know, here's one definition. It said one who gives birth to or nurtures and raises a child. We stop at the birth canal. Yeah. At least kindergarten. But, But your child needs nurture. Study it. Know what it means. Your child needs to be nurtured and raised up, you know. And and I, I thought that was didn't you think that was good? Yes. Yeah. I just wanted to say that. Now I look at these because I want you to hear it. One that begets and brings forth offspring and it doesn't make a difference, whatever it is. And then I and I thought I think about it when we look at our children and we say, Boy, get out of my face. Girl, leave me alone. First of all, if you throw your hands up on your own child, then that's because you threw your hands up on your life. Wow. Because adults develop themselves. They don't stop. And we do that in our class on Tuesday night. We talk about it every Tuesday in my biblical psychology class. Adults never stop working on themselves, and adults who work on themselves work on their children. Mm-hmm. Question. Woo! Tuesday night. Okay. You want to start it then? Don't mm-hmm. me. We're going to stay on task. <laughs> okay. And topic. Question from Nicole. What can parents and students do to be safe in school? It's very, you know, it's very precarious. The first thing you want to do is make sure that you yourself are aware of your surroundings. Pay attention to kid talk. Pay attention to cafeteria talk. Pay attention to schoolyard talk. A lot of times um, people, you're going to get two extremes. The kid that's always going to do boast about what they can do to harm others. 
and what they would do, particularly after a teacher may have corrected them or they suffered some sort of discipline, um, even if it wasn't for being late or, or being disruptive. Pay attention to the disruptive kids and how they react, how they act and react to correction and how they respond to restraint. Notice whether or not it works for them or whether they continue to do it because kids that constantly keep doing it are practicing breaking boundaries and ignoring restraints. So that's something that you want to do. Pay attention and really listen to the words that come out of the mouth of people, kids around the table, you know. Pay attention to what they listen to. Be interested in the games they play. Be interested in obsessions because it's obsessions that prophesy destructions. See, because obsessions are a predictor of what a person will do and how far they'll go to satisfy their soul. So that's important. So you want to pay attention to those, those predictors. And there are some of them, you know, anger, wrath, bullying. Those are it. But then the biggest issue is the kid that doesn't need you doesn't need anybody. I'm in school because I can't get out of it. I'm in school because my parents are forcing me. Those brooding children, the brooders, because see, brood is a form of the word breed, and brooders are breeding something. So you should want to know what they breed, especially you try to draw them in and they stay out. You try to have conversations with them, they're not interested. And yet when you breach a boundary, they're more cruel or they're more uh, protective and defensive than is normal for a kid, that is typical. And so they, these are the ones. So, and, and, and how a child behaves or reacts to a teacher or an authority correction says a lot about how, where you are. And then make sure you're careful about the company you keep because you have to be careful about that as well. And then lastly, I am, I'm with her. No, you're not having video games that's going to be killing people. Oh, no, no. Okay, no. And, and I don't think they need televisions in classrooms. Not only that, your child with a smartphone, you realize that if your child accidentally hit a site mm-hmm. that's, um, you know, undesirable or unsavory, that site is going to hawk your kid. That's another reason why I don't like them having it, because they hawk for us when we go on. You yeah. accidentally hit in. You die, thou P, you know, P-H-O-R, and predictive text is going to give you pornography. Yeah. Once it's there, it's logged in that computer, and that thing will always hawk you. See, I don't like that. I don't think that 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 the kid, your kid accidentally falling on something should make them a target, mm-hmm. and yet they're targets on the internet. And, and because of the the predictive text, because of the web crawlers, because of the trending and the, and the, all of the analytics, all of that yeah. makes your child a victim. And your kid doesn't even know. And next thing they know, they got Sister Big Boo flouncing around <laughs> with a little, little ratty little red lipstick, etc. <laughs> yes. And your kid doesn't know what to do with it. But now, but there is a spirit on the other side because those things have an anointing. I have an anointing. You yeah. have an anointing. All yeah. of us. So they have an anointing that, that, that literally draws that child in, that magnetism. We'll say, you may not appreciate the word anointing. Let's say magnetism. Let's say appeal. But they have an appeal that draws your child back because once those eyes have seen it, your kid is stuck. And so now, not only that, and, and those people who designed those programs intended it to be that way. Mm-hmm. So that now your kid, is, if that thing is talking, it's got that eye gate, it's talking, etc. You know, we're talking about that. Next week we're covering the ways the soul is penetrated. And so your child is penetrated 
by these, this accident or my friend, their little friend showed them. So you have to talk to your kid about what's out there. Give your kid some intelligent and compelling information about its dangers and its risks without terrifying them. Some parents, you terrify your child into interest. You do. You talk about it so much, you bring it up to eventually your kid. I'm going to call it. You need to find out what the big deal is. What's the big deal? And so those are some of the things that I would say. I need, obviously, a larger venue and, and more time and involvement to address this. But I hope, Nicole, that helped you. Yes. We have a few minutes left. Do you want to do announcements? Did you want to do announcements? Absolutely. Um, so for today, a couple of things and how you can interact with Dr. Price mm. and just in, and stay connected with this information. We want you to follow us. Uh, of course, you know, Facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. If you're checking us out on Periscope today, we want you to follow us on Facebook. Dr. Price is also on Twitter. Her handle there is at Dr. Paula Price. Mm -hmm. And online, you can actually connect with Dr. Price and her ministry at www.drpaulaaprice.com. Dot com, Dr. Paula A. Price dot com. Coming up in June, June 20th through the 24th, we're going to be right here in Tulsa for our annual Tulsa Prophetic Training mm -hmm. Institute. We actually have a teen uh, in the evenings when we break out into classes. Yes. We've, we've started doing teen That's classes in the evening. Yep. So if you're listening today, mm -hmm. since we particularly talked about our youth and our, our young people today, and you've got teens that really are, are thirsting after God and want to plug in more to who they mm -hmm. are as young prophets, who they are as seers and dreamers and psalmists and, and intercessors. You know, we've got a lot of teen intercessors who really have a burden for prayer and, and for the nations, et cetera. Um, we want to see those young people here with us. And for the adults as well, we have um, just power-packed days at the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute where you're coming and getting concentrated, specialized prophetic training. Uh, corporate sessions with Dr. Price. Uh, Thursdays usually all day with Dr. Price being able to be imparted into prophetically and then going at night and having specialized classes for different subjects. So we want you to register online at drpaulaaprice.com. Just click events. You'll be able to get all the information and all the rates there. If you're listening and you are a NEAR member, you can register under your NEAR rate. If you're a student in our university, you can register under the student rate. Uh, we want to see you there. There's a family of four rate. There's a teen rate. So check that out, drpaulaaprice.com and click events because we want to see you here with us at the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, um, June 20th to the 24th. And last but certainly not least, um, our assessments, if you've been listening to Dr. Mm. Price and, and you've been plugging into even what she's been saying about discovering more about who you are, our, our MAQ, which is our minister's assessment, our five-fold assessment tool, it's brand new in terms of packaging <coughs> and the plans. And now we have assessment plans starting at just $29. You don't want to miss out on this. You can also access the assessments via drpaulaaprice.com. Just click take an assessment and you'll be able to view the new assessment pack packages for the minister's assessment that start at just $29. Well, I think that is a powerful thing. Did you have any final remarks before we, because we have about five minutes. Uh, taking it on with Paul Price. That'd be nice. Happens every weekend, every yes. Sunday. She broadcasts in the local Tulsa surrounding area. I saw you on TV this Sunday. Did you? I did. <laughs> Fabulous. She was. she was on in my living room. I was like, I know her. <laughs> Wait, and she knows me. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not in the Tulsa or Oklahoma region, then you can catch Dr. Price on YouTube. Now, there's a couple ways. Um, YouTube, you can key in taking it on with Paula Price. In the search, you can subscribe to the channel. 
Now, you need to have a YouTube account to subscribe. You don't have to do anything on your YouTube account, okay? Just <laughs> sign up with your Gmail and uh, do Taking It On with Paula Price. And then you will uh, go every Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. because she broadcasts here at 7.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. But at 7.30 a.m., the episode goes live on YouTube. So you'll be able to watch it. She also has a Taking It On with Paula Price page on the Facebook. And so you can also subscribe or like. You like that. Yeah, you like it. You know, you like, you subscribe, whatever. And I need Uh, a lot of likes in order for us to go places. Yes. And so you can stay in touch and in tune with what's coming up, some sneak peeks maybe sometimes on what's coming up with taking it on with Paula Price. Oh, this next round of shows you jump into. Do I need to be married to be into ministry? Is that to get into ministry? That might be the next one. Uh, reincarnation is coming up soon. Dealing with domestic violence in the church is an episode yeah. that's yeah. coming up. And soon. you know what, that one, and listen, write this one down so when it comes, you'll be ready. If this one is good, isn't it right? The, the title, My Sweet Pastor, My Abusive Spouse. Yeah. You might like that. Hey, Taking yeah. it on, takes it on. She takes it on. We come out the gate swinging. Yay. Our executive producer is like, oh, wow, this is wonderful. And she is, has been picked up, and we'll, we'll, we will have details soon by Preach the Word Network, now out of Atlanta. Atlanta. And not Tallahassee, out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, while we were in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We did some promos with the owner of Marilyn Podman. Yes, yes. It was great. Uh-huh. We did a whole 15-minute interview. And so stay tuned for that. We are taking the world yes. with taking it on, which is why it is so important that you invest. And, and this is an investment. I mean, you are sinking this into something that's going to have a harvest and a return. So invest, partner, all the words, all the terms, all the things. And do it today. Yes. And, and, let me t- and if you have an a, uh, Internet network that whatever, just call Prophet Ashley or reach us on the site, the <laughs> Taking It On site. And uh, and say I'd like to have Dr. Price's show taking it on, on yes. my internet network, on my satellite. Just help us. And we also have in the works. We have something in the works. We do. I don't think you know this yet. I don't know. But okay, she doesn't know this yet. Uh, with Johnita and her connection in Africa, uh-huh. they want to get the radio shows mm-hmm. broadcasting there. And Excellent. so we are working on getting them set up to get the streams. Old shows that oh, we've mm-hmm. done, it's all still relevant in God. And so we're also pushing you into Africa. Yes. And then, of course, she's saying they have a satellite that's going to push us also a little bit into the Caribbean. So you, remember, it is you and us together. We are not just a team. We've determined to be a force and a force to be reckoned with in this generation for the king, for his kingdom, for the church and for the kids of the future. We are a force for the future. So make sure you jump on board. Do it. And listen, you know what this is? This is me hugging you. I could hug them for you, but I'm just going to, I'm hugging you. Because without you, it can't happen. God bless you. Tune in on Sunday. Don't forget to go to YouTube for taking it on with Paula Price. And after that, go right on over there to uh, Scripture Organic, Cultural Modified Christianity at the Congregation of the Mighty, yes. where God stands. Bless you. We will see you soon. Have a great day. Yay.